Do you want to learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and grow your business from successful entrepreneurs, startups, and CEOs without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresham Harkness values your time and is ready to share with you precisely the information you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the IMCEO podcast, and I have a very special guest on the show today. I have John Allen of Ivory Ella. John, it's awesome to have you on the show. Hey, excited to be here. Thanks for having me. No problem. Super excited to have you on for all the awesome things that you're doing. And before we jump in, I want to introduce you to John and uh, read a little bit more about him. And John is a 27-year-old graduate of Temple University. John launched his first major company, Ivory Ella, an online apparel brand committed to selling good clothes for a good cause. In 2015, which he has donated, in 2015, he has donated over $2 million to various charities, most notably Save the Elephants out of Samburu, Kenya. John now runs an apparel manufacturing company, which is the only certified living wage apparel company in the world that supplies licensed goods to over 600 colleges and university bookstores across the country. John, are you ready to speak to the IMCO community? Absolutely. Awesome. Let's do it. So to kick everything off, I wanted to, I guess, rewind the clock and hear a little bit more about what I call your CEO story. We'll let you get started with the business. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so again, thank you for having me here. Um, you know, it really started when I was in college. I've always been an entrepreneur. Um, you know, I think uh, even uh, my parents would tell you as a kid, you know, I would do lemonade stands um, and really, you know, get all the kids in the neighborhood to do kind of multiple stands and, you know, pull them together, not just, you know, your typical lemonade stand. So I've always been an entrepreneur. Um, so throughout college, you know, tried various things to make money, um, worked multiple jobs, did some network marketing things, and just really any way I could make money. And um, one day, a buddy approached me actually about uh, creating social media accounts and specifically Twitter accounts. And so he had started an account, um, which don't laugh at me, it was called Lady Boners, which was literally just pictures of hot guys on Twitter. And after about two weeks of growth, you know, it had gotten so popular, somebody offered him $30,000 for it. Uh, freshman in college, you know, $30,000 might as well have been a million. And so, um, you know, he came to me and, you know, kind of said, hey, you know, let's look at turning this into a business. So, um, you know, we went to our tech center one day uh, as a junior in college and put together kind of a business plan for what it would look like to really run these parody accounts on social media. So, like, you know, one was called Bucket List, which was just cool places and cool things to do all over the world, um, you know, and kind of niches like that. And so we built together a business plan. Um, we raised money. My parents actually gave us $25,000 to start the company. And so we started by really buying, selling and making Twitter accounts. And so, you know, we started off with um, a couple million followers across a few different accounts that, you know, we actually went and purchased um, from other people around the world. And then we use those accounts to start our own ideas and really grow them. And so it kind of had a snowball effect as we came up with an idea we would promote on our other accounts. You know, we had a Lord Disick one, which was based on you know, Scott Disick from the Kardashians. And we were able to grow it to almost half a million in a week nice. from our other accounts. And so we really snowballed it. And um, at the same time, we were, you know, trying to make money by selling ads. Um, we started by building our own content site. And, you know, every day I'd be making new articles like top 10 celebrities and really just clickbait stuff for people to click on. Um, and honestly, we made really good money. We were able to pay back my parents in about two and a half months. Nice. Um, and I kind of thought, well, you know, this is great. I'm just going to tweet for the rest of my life. Um, as we started going um, and we're doing ads for companies like Disney, Coca-Cola, you know, we kind of said, you know, what are these guys making on the back end that they're paying us? Why don't we just promote our own stuff? 
And so um, summer of my junior year, we launched our first store called Boho Outfitters, which was really this bohemian jewelry style uh, company. Um, but basically we were just buying stuff from Etsy, you know, China, Alibaba, and just kind of doubling the price. And so it, it took off uh, by promoting it through our social accounts. We were doing about anywhere from 30 to $60,000 a month. Again, being in college, I was basically a million dollars, right? Mm-hmm. I was just kind of sitting on my couch tweeting. I had um, some roommates working for me. Um, my mom and sister were doing the fulfillment and customer service. And, you know, we kind of said, this is what we're going to do for, uh, you know, the rest of our lives to make money. We're just going to build a bunch of these kind of micro stores. And so we started coming up with the concepts um, of our next idea and throughout Boho. And um, as we're still growing our social accounts, we noticed this trend of elephants online. Really, whenever you posted something about an elephant, a baby elephant, you'd get seven to you know 12 times the engagement, the retweets, the likes. And so we saw this affinity and love for elephants. At the same time, HBO released a documentary called An Apology for Elephants, um, really highlighting the Ringley Brother and Circus. And for Boho, we had this little elephant ring, which, you know, the tusk wrapped around to make the ring, which we couldn't keep in stock. I mean, we would sell 200 a day if we had them in stock. Um, And so we decided to build a brand around this elephant. And rather than just kind of wholesaling jewelry like we had with Boho, we decided to really make it more of our own. And so... Um, myself and my partner, we brought in three other people on social who were doing um, really the same thing we were doing um, with building these parody accounts. So taking you know, our network, which at the time had grown to about 7 million followers, brought in a few other people. And now we had a following of almost 45 million people throughout all these different accounts that we could market to. Um, I brought in another buddy in college who was very entrepreneurial like myself. And honestly, it was you know, really three days before launch. He kind of said, you know, don't you think it's, you know, not really right to make money off an endangered species? And, you know, we kind of talked about it. We're like, yeah, that is, you know, um, kind of messed up. So um, we did what really any, you know, college kid does or person does now is we Googled how to save the elephant. And the first thing that came up was, you know, savetheelephants.org. We did our, you know, due diligence, so to speak. We looked them up on Charity Navigator, you know, and they looked like, um, again, a really good cause committed to saving elephants. So we, I remember it, you know, we called them. And we're like, hey, we're thinking about starting this company. You know, we want to donate to you guys. And they're like, well, we don't really do sponsorships. And we're like, well, if we send you a check, will you take it? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. So um, we built uh, the brand around elephants and had determined our business model that we were going to donate 10% of our profits to this organization, Save the Elephants. And so we made 500 shirts, you know, with the mindset of, hey, we sell these in a month. Amazing. We sell them in a week. You know, life changing. And uh, we launched April 18th uh, in 2015. And we sold out in about 17 minutes. Um, no apparel really experienced at all besides just kind of wholesaling stuff in college. Um, my other partners all being social media people, same thing. So we all got on the phone. Um, this is at like 1230 at night on a Friday night. Mind you, I'm a senior in college at this point. So I'm actually at my buddy's college party, you know, at a random house party, trying to turn down the music, um, you know, kicking people out of a house that's not even mine, just because I can't even fathom what's going on. You know, we had made about six thousand dollars and again like 15 minutes wow. got on the phone um we all determined just you know what put it on pre-order let's see how many we can sell we'll figure it out come sunday um so we put it on pre-order and through the weekend we actually sold over six hundred thousand dollars worth of wow. t-shirts we had none of the t-shirts um or any plan how to do it my one partner because i was doing all the fulfillment and operations for boho was going to do it for ivoriella uh he was a high school teacher at the time at the time we had only met in person once because we had met through social media. And so he calls me and he says, Johnny, you know, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't even know how to turn on the printer. I'm supposed to go to work tomorrow. You know, we've got thousands of orders. What do I do? 
So I said, you know, Matt, I'm in college, no worries. Like I'll come on, help you up. We'll get you on your way. In two weeks, you'll be good to go. So I moved up to Connecticut that Sunday to help him. It was me, him, um, his parents, his wife's parents. He had two little kids, Griffin Audra, who were, you know, five and seven. They're poking out elephant tags, pulling shirts, wrapping in. We are just shipping whatever we can. Um, and I, honestly, I ended up never coming back after that um, because it got so crazy. I ended up just moving to Connecticut and um, I went to school at Temple at the time. So I ended up never coming back to Temple um, with that. And so it really took off. And so the next seven months are, you know, kind of what we call the dark times. Um, they're honestly such a blur. We were working 20, 22 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, anything we could do, you know, at one point we were about 30,000 orders back ordered. A thousand of those were over a hundred days old. And so we had contacted all the customer. They didn't want a refund. You know, they just wanted their Ivriella shirt. Um, and so we knew we had some special that summer. Um, in late August, I ended up actually, uh, getting in a, a car accident. I ended up falling asleep at the wheel. Um, you know, you get to a point where you grow up for, you know, usually day three or four, no sleeping, your body starts to run on adrenaline and actually it kind of becomes hard to sleep. And so I thought, you know, I wasn't tired. I could make this five hour drive, um, that I needed to, um, to get to a graduation ceremony. And so I fell asleep at the wheel going about 80 miles an hour. Um, hit another car. Thankfully, everybody was perfectly fine. My car was totaled, but I walked up, walked out, you know, um, it's kind of a miracle. And so, uh, big mama's boy, you know, that day, my mom basically said, all right, this lifestyle is not sustainable. You know, you're working too hard. You're going to run yourself in the ground. You're going to end up killing yourself or somebody else. And so, um, that was the first time we as a company really stepped back and said, okay, you know, we have something here, but we are working way too hard. How can we start working smarter? And so we brought in an experienced COO who helped us set up a full print and fulfillment operation. Um, a year later, we brought in a CFO um, with tons of experience to set up, you know, all of our finances. Because again, we weren't keeping receipts or anything at this time, right? You know, we're spending um, money left and right. And I'm just collecting receipts and throwing them in a box saying, hey, I, I think these will work. You know, we'll need these sometime later, like keep them for later. I remember my brother, who's a year younger than me, came up um, after that summer for three weeks with seven buddies. He's a finance major, seven of his finance buddies to kind of help us get all of our taxes and paperwork in line. Um, me and my partners are sitting in a room um, one day, just kind of discussing different ideas. How do we do this, that? And my brother goes, you guys got to stop doing what you're doing. We're like, all right. And you know, he goes, you spent $20,000 at Dunkin' Donuts last month and $25,000 at Five Guys. And because we were working so much, I mean, we, we didn't want employees to leave. So we're like, what do you need? Coffee? You know, there was a time I was drinking about 11 cups of coffee, two turbo shots in each cup every single day. Um, we were giving everybody again, there's a Dunkin' Donuts to our left, five guys to our right. So you, are you hungry here? We'll go get you cheeseburgers. You're thirsty. Here's more coffee. You know, whatever you can do to work because we had so much work. Um, yeah. So we eventually did work um, smarter and not harder and got it to kind of where it is now, you know, um, at our peak, you know, almost $30 million a year. Awesome. And again, over $2 million donated, um, which has been really impactful and, and really special to me. So uh, Noah threw a lot, lot of in there, but tried to condense it as best I could. It's definitely been a, a wild ride for the last few years. Yeah, they're definitely to say the least. And obviously, you know, happy to hear, you know, every you and everybody else came out um, in a good, in a, in a not bad place, I should say, with the car accident and everything. But yeah, when things come at you fast, you kind of just have to move and, and figure out how to kind of put things in place at a later moment. So I um, appreciate you for for obviously telling that and, and doing so many things to kind of help out um, as well, too, with the, with the charity. So um, for people that haven't heard of Ivory Ella, can you take us through exactly what we'll find on the site and exactly what you feel kind of maybe sets you guys apart and makes you unique? Yeah, absolutely. So we are um, good clothing for a good cause. Um, and we do try and stand by that. So we donate 
10% of all of our profits to some charity, the primary charity being Save the Elephants out of Samburu, Kenya. Um, but we also do a lot with other charities, the Boston Children's Hospital. Um, we have a spokesperson, Megan Bug, who does childhood cancer every September with us, which is a big um, and super powerful thing. So every piece of product we sell on our site, um, in our stores, you know, does give back in some way. And so when we say good clothing for a good cause, we really do mean that. And, you know, for us, I think it really was kind of a, uh, you know, a, a timing and, you know, a timing and, you know, a little bit of luck and obviously the advanced marketing we had behind us with that really lightning in a bottle. Um, at the time in 2015, Tom's was really the only probably major brand doing um, a really large give back model as kind of their, you know, key to success almost. Um, other people had done smaller things, but it really wasn't, you know, the base of their marketing and what the company was around. So I think when we came out, it was really one of the first to do that. So that with the ability to show it to uh, tens of hundreds of millions of people for almost no cost, again, kind of made that lightning in a bottle. So yeah, you'll find on our site, um, most things are unisex while our customer is primarily female, obviously. Um, you know, I'm even wearing one right now. I wear an IBL every day. Um, so uh, there's a lot of, uh, again, stuff on there. We're very colorful. We like to be colorful and comfortable. Honestly, everything on our site is extremely comfortable. So um, that's, you know, kind of what you'll find if you get on our site. And that's kind of who we are. Just, uh, again, a company that's trying to do their part and give back. Um, I wanted to switch gears a little bit. And I want to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So that could be like an app, a book, or a habit that you have. But what do you feel kind of makes you more effective and efficient? Yeah, so I think, you know, kind of the generic thing, right? Like, I'm a big podcast guy. So like mm -hmm. Business Wars, NPR, Planet Money, This is Success. You know, just po I love podcasts and learning what other people are doing. Um, I think is that kind of that generic answer. Um, but for me, you know, communication is something I find. Um, and, you know, now I'm not as involved in the day-to-day -day with Ibriella, um after being the CEO for five years there. But I, um, I do run the day-to-day -day for a few other companies. And what I find is, you know, everybody has a, you know, communication problem. And what I find when somebody tells me they have a communication problem is they have a lack of organization and routine. Yeah, absolutely. Not just for yourself, but for so many people. So um, I was going to ask you for what I call a CEO nugget, which is like a word of wisdom or a piece of advice. And sometimes I'll even say, if you hop into a time machine, what would you tell your younger business self? Do you feel like that consistency piece, is that part of what you what advice you would give? Yeah, that, and I think just, um, again, that being comfortable, being uncomfortable and just, mm -hmm. you know, don't be scared to fail. I think, you know, a lot of times when I talk to people or stuff, they just immediately think I was successful. Um, and that just couldn't be, you know, farther from the truth. We failed at a ton of things before Ibriello hit its success. Um, you know, we had way more failures than success. Even in Ibriello, we have way more failures than we do successes. The key is how you learn from those failures. And so I, I want to ask you now for my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. And we're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on the show. So John, what's being a CEO mean to you? So I think uh, for me, being a CEO is, you know, being the ultimate team player. Um, I'm a, I'm a big sports guy. And so, uh, you know, LeBron is somebody who I look up to very much for leadership. You know, what LeBron does is anytime he joins a new team, first thing he does is players only meeting and he you know, brings everybody in and he tells everybody exactly what their role is going to be from, you know, the star player who's going to score the points to the guy who's going to get two minutes off the bench. And his primary purpose again is to give, you know, this person rest. Truly appreciate that perspective, John. I appreciate your time even more. What I would want to do is pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best people can get a hold of you, find out about all the awesome things you and your team are working on. Um, like I said, my email is john, J-O-H-N at com. My other email is jallen, A-L-L-E-N, at altagraciaapparel.com. 
um, either of those you can reach me at or, you know, my cell phone's fine too. So. Awesome. Thank you so much again, John. We will have the links and information in the show notes, but definitely obviously appreciate that reminder. I think that uh, there's definitely uh, seeds of, of, of success that we can always learn from each other and our, in all perspective, uh, different perspectives. And I think reaching out and, and connecting with people is one of the best ways to do that. So I definitely appreciate you for uh, providing some insight and some information and some uh, really great nuggets for us today. And I hope you have a great rest of the day. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. IMCEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Be sure to follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. Grab CEO Gear at www.ceogear.co. This has been the IMCEO Podcast with Gresham Harkless. Thank you for listening.